Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, we'll have to see how he is today and moving forward, but I feel good about him. Um, you know, he hasn't played in over a year now, so, uh, you know, we just got to get him back in, in the groove of, of, you know, being physical and you know, making the checks and understanding where he's at and, and kind of go from there. Welcome into Purple Access. Judd Zolgad, Star Tribune sports columnist Chip Scoggins, executive producer Declan Goff, brought to you by our friends or presented by our friends at Surly Brewing. If you uh, watch this show or consume it via podcast, you know that I'm a fan of the Surly Furious <laughs> and so is my buddy Chip Scoggins. Also, uh, TCL Televisions, enjoy more with TCL. If you're watching football this weekend, make sure that you do it on a, a TCL. That, of course, Mike Zimmer talking about the uh, status of Anthony Barr, who I guess last week before the Browns game decided I ain't playing. Uh, and now he's supposed to come back from a knee injury to play against Detroit on Sunday. Uh, let's start there, Chip Scoggins. How much of, how much of a difference after he has missed more than a year now, do you think Anthony Barr can make uh, stepping back into the defense? Judd, I don't know. I, it, because it's been so long since he played. Um, I just don't know what realistically you can expect from a guy who has missed that long of football. I mean, I can't even imagine what his football shape's like. You can practice all you want. It's not the same. And, you know, obviously – He'll bring some um, things that, that Zimmer covets in terms of the middle and making checks and all that. But in terms of just tackling, when's the last time he's tackled someone to the ground? Or had to go full speed, play after play after play. So I, I don't know what the expectations are, and I don't know really. I, I would have to imagine he's going to be on a, on a pitch count, right? I mean, yes. it, I would think so, so it's probably – yeah, it's probably going to be limited, but um, – but I, I don't I don't know you could sit here and really say with any confidence that you expect that he's going to be uh, his normal self, whatever. That, I don't even know what his normal self is anymore because I've seen him playing so long. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Um, the interesting thing, too, is, okay, they gave up 14 points, right, to Cleveland. Yeah. So, so like, I think a lot of people were, well, statistically, the defense played. Can, can we talk about we covered yeah. a team with the Williams yeah. wall, okay? And I'm not saying that I expect or expected, because he's hurt now, Michael Pierce, who I think is going to be out for a while, and Dalvin Tomlinson to be 
Kevin and Pat. Um, but they are in every game so far. They have their opponent has exceeded 100 yards rushing. Every time you watch a team run up the A gap, they get a chunk, like three or four yards minimum. Yeah. Uh, so let's. I I I hesitate to be like, well, the defense only gave up 14 points. Cleveland controlled the game because they controlled the clock, which needs to be discussed. I think in dissecting that loss. Yeah, and and you know the way Zimmer talked about it, he said, you know, we did so, so many great things. Well, one, if Baker Mayfield wasn't god awful that day. I think they would have, I don't know how many points they would score. He was just terrible. I mean, the Browns won in spite of him, not because of him. I mean, that's how bad he was. But, Joe, when you look at the stats, they're, and I know it's four game versus 16, but they're giving up more rushing yards this year than they did last year per game. It's like 135 yards uh, per game. I think last year was 134. So yep. that, to me, has been um, probably the most – uh, I don't know if surprising development is the right word, but I thought they would be a lot better against the run. I thought when you added Tomlinson and Pierce that, yeah, I agree. It wasn't going to be the Williams wall, but as I tweeted during the game, to see them get gashed like that against the run with the Williams wall in the building for, That's for right. Kevin yes, and, and Pat was there, you. it was, uh, yes. I'm sure they were sitting here. I, I would I would have loved to have been sitting by Pat and listen to what he said, watching some of those runs. There would have been a lot of words to begin with S, and they all would have been four letters in the exact same word. Yeah, that's right. No, they, they've got to be better. And if, I don't know if Barr will, will clean it up or, or help uh, that, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the yards that they're giving up. And then, you know, I mean, there's, I still think they're vulnerable in the air. I mean, Breland, oh, I, I, have to assume, I have to assume that uh, it's Cam Dancer's job now, right? He has to be the starter. Going yeah, forward, except I would he's assume. in quarantine, and we don't don't know well, if he's going to yeah, test. Because uh, he he's back, he, so I think he needs two negative tests within forty eight hours. But I mean, that might. But be he's missing practice time. Yeah, so yeah, I don't. True. Uh, but uh, if, if Breland is, I, they said he was sick or whatever. He didn't play. I, I don't know what the, you know, what the rationale or what the reason is. But I just think Dancer, you have to give him a chance now because Breland is just getting. Uh, he's getting picked on. So, yes. um, but yeah, that's been the biggest surprise. And so um, I don't think, you know, Zimmer was uh, mostly complimentary of his defense, except for the one, the one run at the end of the first half, which is, which, which was inexcusable. Well, and, and, and ever, since, Pat, ever since said they were expecting pass in that situation, there was less than 0% chance that the Browns are going to run in that situation or pass in that situation. I mean, Third and 20, no timeouts. They were not going to. They were trying risk. to kill the clock. They were just running. Yeah, they were Correct. going around the clock and because they were getting the ball start second half and Correct. they didn't want to have an incompletion and have to punt. So there was no chance they were going to throw the ball. So I, I don't know. Yeah, but that's, that's to me has been um, probably the biggest, one of the biggest eye openers, just how, um, how much teams have been able to run on him. Yeah. And my <clears> thing <throat> is, I, I think the thing that offends me the most is the is the, how they get gashed again for three or four yards up the middle like that. You signed two guys because here's so here's my frustration there, Chipper. Um, you signed Dalvin Dalvin Tomlinson at the expense of a guard, for instance. Like mm-hmm. like so that directly impacts. So your defensive line better be damn stout. Like it better be good. Uh, yeah. And it better be good against good teams. Don't give me, you know, well, we played Detroit, and you know, we told you we'd beat Detroit. Yeah. When you're playing Cleveland, which, which, and here's the other thing: 
and this goes back to the San Francisco loss in the playoff game. You got your ass kicked that day by the lines. The lines up front. San yeah. Francisco was tougher than you on both sides. And it's still not fixed. That's no. still not fixed. And if you're not good, <clears throat> like, that's a Pop Warner coaching philosophy. We got to be good up front. You know why it's a philosophy? Because it's true. Yeah, and you look at what the Browns have done, and they're good along both those lines. Yep. And uh, that team's pretty good, Judd. I mean, mm-hmm. the quarterback was awful. but And what's weird was I looked before the game, Mayfield's completion percentage was identical to, to Cousins. So it's, it's not like he hasn't been an accurate passer this year. Um, I don't know how many shots he's taken down the field. If it's more of those screens and kind of, but he's been accurate. So for whatever reason, he just went haywire on. Sunday. He's hurt too. Yeah, I saw a thing where he has he's like a, a break. bicep. Yeah, he's yeah, got some. He's kind of, so that 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 might have contributed because he was just overthrowing guys. He should. Oh, he was terrible. He was terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean that game, both sides was one up front. I mean the defensive line just absolutely smothered Cousins. What did PFF have? Twenty two pressures. No, so the, more than so that. 22 out, out of 41 dropbacks, I think they had pressures, which was okay. the most of any quarterback in, in the league th- that week. Um, and then I just thought the, the offensive line and, and being able to establish the run uh, against the, the Vikings front uh, was a difference. I mean, that – and we've seen – you're right. You go back to that, that the, uh, the San Francisco loss. We've seen those games where they lose along the line, both lines, and then they just have no – I don't say they have no chance because they, um, you know, they had a chance to tie it there, but it just felt like that game was more lopsided than a one score game Sunday. Yeah. It's frustrating. I think to see this team because of the, how they're supposed to be built, get physically dominated and Cleveland Mm -hmm. did it. San Francisco did. It's not a weekly occurrence, but when it, but when it happens, it's really good teams. And you're like, okay, if that's what, if that's the template to be a really good team, why aren't you there? At, and and that's the thing about the Cleveland run game that frustrated you. You spent all this money for these two guys and it didn't really work. No. And it and it <clears throat> on that side, but but also on the offensive line side, it goes that game uh showed you again in stark imagery. What happens when you face a good defense? That line can't hold up, and Cousins can't overcome it. And the two things, Cousins needs a run game to be at his most effective, and he needs protection. And when you face a good line and that goes away, this is what happens. He went back to looking skittish. He had no time. Um, Seemed like every time he dropped back, somebody was on top of him. And he just – it looked like Kirk from last year when he's under pressure. And, again – like you said, it's not going to happen like that every week because the last two weeks I thought the offensive line has been good. But when you face a good team, there, there's a, I, think they're, I think their offensive line is not going to be consistent enough to avoid games like that. Yeah, It won't be every week, but there's going to be a handful of these that pop up and you're like, wow, they just got overwhelmed today. And that's going to prevent them from being uh, anything more than – you just can't go far like that. You can't – that's not – you're not going to be a, a – incredible team if you can't hold up against good defenses no absolutely not and, and the thing that the browns had that the cardinals probably didn't have uh chandler jones was a marvelous player didn't have a sack in that game jj watt is still good i don't think he's probably who, who he, he was but what cleveland had on sunday was 
Clowney and Garrett. Yeah. And and Clowney was outstanding. Like yeah. when he's healthy, he's still a really good player. And they just didn't have an answer. Um, here's one thing I think for this game. I think you and it's it's rolling the dice a little bit, and I get it, it it's chancy, but I think you gotta do it. I think you gotta go to Christian Darisaw at left tackle because Chip yeah. Rashad, Rashad Hill yeah. can't do I, he can't do this. I know, I agree I, I agree. But I don't um, love it. I just think you have to do it. And I, I'm sort of torn on this, Jed, because I, I, I sit there and think, God, he's missed so much time. What's his football shape? But then I just said you can't get in football shape in, in practice. You have to get it in game. Correct. So, I mean, like you can practice all you want, but you're not. it's not going to be the same as game. So you're at some point you just have to kind of, I don't say sink or swim, but, you know, you have to get out there and just fight through it, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if they feel like he's physically – Okay, I mean, there's going to be rust, and he's probably going to be timing going to be slow. But um, I agree, the left tackle is the problem. I mean, it just is. Yeah. And at some point, you can't just keep covering up and, and helping him because it just it limits what you can do offensively. And I feel like they probably are at that point to some degree with Rashad Hill that they have to uh, put so much emphasis on trying to protect and help him out that. You know, you, you might be just t- tearing some plays out of your playbook because you can't get to them, right? Absolutely. And Rashad Hill was never signed to do this. Like, no. he is a backup. If Christian Darisaw or O'Neill get hurt during the course of a game, Rashad Hill was signed to come in and replace them and do the best he possibly can. But this notion of, well, we're just going to start him at left tackle and he knows the system. And, you know, that's the thing about this sport. And it's not just a Vikings thing, but across the board, the stubbornness, right? The, yeah. the stubbornness of, well, he knows our system and we trust him. I actually feel empathy for Hill, trying to watch him block well, Miles Garrett. Um, look at his contract. Look at his status. He has no business being asked to start that game. He is a backup. You drafted Darisaw for this assignment. That, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it, I don't think they envisioned Rashad Hill being in this position, right? They, they, they took didn't. Christian Darisaw think he was going to be day one. They now. Didn't. Did they do enough due, due diligence on his injury in the draft lead up to, to realize that, hey, he's going to need another surgery on this, or maybe it's not? Well, that's a different conversation, but they clearly went into this thinking, okay, we got our left tackle, let's go start day one. I mean, if they if they thought, well, we'll get by with Rashad Hill for a year, and then, I mean, that was very short-sighted. They, yeah, not a year, yeah. a few games. Yeah. That's all you can he, get. Even then, I wouldn't have felt like that was the. I mean, if 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 Darisaw was healthy, came in and and didn't have the thing, he would have been starting day one. Yeah. I mean, he just would have. And yeah. so, not saying how I don't know how good he's going to be as a rookie, but um, this was not their idea. I don't think. I mean, this this couldn't have been their plan. No, there's two things on that line that were not their plan, and I guarantee it. And on both, I'm sure they, they would probably lie. Uh, the plan was not Darius or the plan was that Darisot was going yes. to be fine. He wasn't fine. The other one that they would say, no, you're wrong. And I'm not wrong. Their plan when they drafted Wyatt Davis in the third round was he yeah. was going to be their starting right guard because yeah. you don't move Ole Udo right before training camp to a position. He has not played previously unless you're panicked. And that one um, is more, bewildering, I guess, to me, because, okay, he came in a little bit overweight. Nah, I mean, I wouldn't say, like, grossly overweight, but, you know. Well, what is he not picking up? Like, what did he not 
pick up that. And what do I mean, they, they Udo, And know. you know, Chip, they talk about how many times have we heard this chapter and verse? We break guys down. We do every, you know, like yeah. if like if he's not picking up stuff, he should. That's your fault. The Vikings yeah. fault. Like you, yeah. you are you pride yourself on you know grading guys by that weird system Spielman has. <laughs> so like it's very weird, but it's very yeah. but but it's on you if he's not what you thought because you had every you tell us that you are so great at grading guys. Yeah, and it's um. I, I just assume both of them would be starting week one. And and maybe that's a, you know, you shouldn't assume that two rookies are going to, but I just felt like the bar was so low in terms of what was going to be considered an upgrade that. So I, yeah, I think definitely Darisaw, this I even think White Davis probably, but um, that one I'm, I just, and I haven't sit here and broken down Uliudo's performance through four games, but I mean, you know, you would think well, the white he struggled and he yeah. struggled. He's not a guard. Yeah. He's trying to learn yeah. the position. You know, I'm, I'm so, sure he's fine against, I'm sure against Detroit, he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, if they go in there and take him lightly, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to lose, but it's, it's Detroit. They'll find some way to screw it up, but um, they're the ultimate get well uh, game. Um, I believe, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Zimmer is at seven consecutive wins. He lost three in a row to him. They yeah. lost the season series, and I think Zimmer has won the past seven. And I know that Kirk, as a Viking, has never lost to the Lions. So they yeah, should, they if they don't win, blow it up. If they don't win Sunday, it's the uh, it's uh, the head coach. That'll be that'll be an interesting week in town next week. I think uh, um, if they don't win on Sunday, I, I would imagine then that they won't beat the Panthers. And if they don't beat the Panthers, and they're sitting at one five, I think that's that's the. I think that's the path to a coaching change at the bye. Yeah. But that's not going to fix things. It's just going to be a coaching change. No, but I I think they'll, um, you know, it's funny. What do you think on Zimmer? I mean, I, I go back to the parcels. You are what your record says. And Zimmer just, you know, I've seen good teams. I've seen bad teams and we're a good team. And yeah, I understand that they've, the teams they've lost to are ten and two, and they've they've lost to some good teams. I get it, but if you're a good team, you figure out how to win those close games. You execute in critical situations. You execute in two minutes. You you do all those things that maybe not a hundred percent of the time, but you win those games. And so I don't say hey, you can see how they how they have performed in those critical situations and say they're a good team. I think they are a team with some star power, but a team with some star power and, and obvious flaws that's how i look at it yeah and i think with mike um one is the post-game quotes now to me are as non-mike as possible he's in job preservation mode uh be, because you can't be bill parcells best friend in life and now completely have forgotten and by and a couple of years ago you quoted bill parcells chapter and verse and now yeah. <laughs> and and now it's i i'm oh i'm not what i'm not discouraged by my run defense yeah, I know. Let's, yeah, let's sit down and watch the film, Mike, because I'm going to tell you if you don't know why you're, I can tell you why why a draw play on what second and twenty, which gets thirty three yards, is incredibly discouraging. Do you think the the I've seen good teams, I've seen bad, and we're a good team? Do you think he's trying to convince his players or his bosses? I think he's trying to convince his bosses because I think he knows that they're that he might be he's the only guy in jeopardy at, at the bye. Rick Spielman's in no jeopardy. Kirk yeah. Cousins obviously is not. 
Uh, I think he's trying to convince his bosses to buy himself time. So that's my guess. But the reality is, um, and I appreciate this, Mike has been so honest in the past that yeah. now, but that now pivoting to that is just weird. Yeah. Well, it's, <clears throat> yeah. It, it, I mean, you can't keep throwing fastballs, fastballs, fastballs and come in there and lose your mind every game. So I understand trying to. But the run defense just say, no, that was but a the, disappointing performance. Well, that's the thing. It's like we have a certain standard on run defense and Correct. that's not it. Yeah. So, I'm not looking for a meltdown. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like, Really, the run defense is good. I mean, no, I don't know. How you, I don't know. You, you know, so you're getting. Um, but yeah, it is. It is interesting how he's handled some of these. Uh, trying to uh, the narrative with his team, and it's um, it does feel a little bit anti-Zimmer in some ways. And so you make it makes you wonder if he's trying to send messages to, to his bosses, like, "Hey, we're fine. This is gonna be fine. You know, don't worry." I also think he he knows at this point there's no upside to potentially losing the locker room. Well, that's it. That's they, that's why I said players you're done, and that's why I said it is, is a message for players too because you wonder, uh, you do not want that locker room to. Yeah, you know, it's it's too early to check out, but if if you feel like, uh, you're being blamed for stuff, yes, that's where it could get dicey for him. And somebody might have talked to him, too, because he has uh, brought a full halt to the either directly or or between the lines blame Kirk and the offense, which he was doing earlier this year. And that sort of come to a halt like like during camp. Um, yeah. There was always stuff about Kirk sideways shots. I feel like the last one that was a real shot was at halftime of the preseason opener, I believe, when we hold it no, too long. No, no the, week, the week one Bengals, the Bengals game week yeah. one. That's the last time that we sort of heard him dump on Kirk, and you're like, okay, Mike, your defense is not the, the greatest, so that, that might be a dangerous route. I wonder if somebody got to him and said, you're doing absolutely no good by jabbing Kirk and the offense when your defense is not great. So now it seems like he's defaulted to everything's fine. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the Bengals won't remember it. That's right. That's <laughs> that, whole thing, that whole thing was a disaster, and he's saying he told the sideline reporter that he, quarterback's holding on to the ball too long. It's like, that was not the issue. <laughs> no. So it almost like that was his default setting back then. It's like, all right, whenever something goes wrong, I'm going to blame the quarterback. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, so he hasn't, you know, that's, he's not doing that anymore. So um, I don't know. I mean, Judd, they, you know, it's weird. They, they look good at times and then you see them like in the two minute, right at halftime where they just have a, clock management issue or breakdowns and just they're just not good enough to win those in those situations right now because they're just you know for myriad factors whether it's offense defense special teams whatever it's just like they're good teams win those games and they're just not so i don't know how you can say they're a good team and spending a lot of your off-season cash on defense especially Mm -hmm. when it's on guys like breeland and peterson actually i think has played pretty well but the fact is like we talked about this, the theme after they signed guys, Chip, in, in March into basically the spring was you see Kirk's contract doesn't stop you from signing guys. And I said, hold on a second here. I said, Dalvin Tomlinson was a pretty expensive investment. But beyond that, you basically went to garage sales and picked up mm. guys from the garage sale heap. So don't confuse names like Patrick Peterson. He's a could be in the Hall of Fame. That's true. But he's not a great player still. So yeah. So I think we got 
taken with, well, look at the amount of money they spent on defense. And what we didn't parse apart was, okay, they did put a lot of their focus on defense, but it's not like they signed a a potential Pro Bowl end. They tried. They couldn't get it. You know, Dalvin Tomlinson, in sort of a weird way, is asked to move from nose to three-tech. And I guess the last two weeks, he's graded out great on PFF. But that's mm-hmm. where the but that's where the eye test has to c- come into play too. And when teams are yeah. gashing you in the run, that's not great to me. Uh, but I think that was sort of a point of confusion where Viking supporters were like, "Kirk's contract doesn't stop you from doing a thing." No, that's not true. It really does. Yeah, and and it's not like they were given these guys, other you know, like Freeland or McKenzie Alexander or whoever, massive contracts. Oh. I mean, you're getting, but it, a lot of times, and I fall in that trap too, like. You sign a veteran that's played a lot of football, and you just assume you're getting the previous version. Well, you don't know what you're. There's going to be some drop off. You know, you're not getting the Patrick Peterson All Pro. Um, he wouldn't be available for you if that was, you know, if he was at his prime and at his best. So, um, but I, I think he's been. I think he's actually been pretty good. But you're right. Um, it it it. They spent money, but it's not like they went and got that the best offensive guard on the market or correct or the top defense in. So, um, so no, it, I, I don't think that's the same conversation. No, at all. I have an incredible stat to share with you, Chip Scoggins. We've talked about this on Mackie and Chud. We've talked about it on purple daily this week, and we will now bring it to purple access. Mike Renner, pro football focus delved into the snap counts for rookies through four games. Do you care to guess the snap count for Vikings rookies in 2021 so far? Um, total, total, or, or just, nope. so the the four uh, games, just off four games, offense and defense. Yep, or spe- not special no, teams. No, no, okay, not special yeah. teams. Snaps. Uh, uh, who are the rookies? <laughs> <laughs> and who's playing? This is exactly right. Like, That's a good. First so Darisaw probably had Darisaw hadn't had an offensive one. Yep. But, uh, Holy cow. Um, yep. Wyatt Davis hasn't played. <laughs> no. And I'm trying to think of any guys have been in there on. Kellen Mond, obviously. Kellen Defense. Who's their top defensive guy? Holy I cow. Have they had any? Nine through four games. Let me put that in context for you. Second on the list, the Seahawks, 46. Third on the list. Wow. The Rams with 91. Fourth on the list. So we're talking about the bottom here, okay? The bottom. Yeah. The Titans, 142. Fifth on the list. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with everybody back from a Super Bowl champion, have employed their rookies for 144 snaps. The Vikings have gotten nine snaps. from Who are the nine? (laughs) I don't know who the... And who would have the snaps? Mayor Smith Marset might have been on the field for a few snaps on offense. Yeah, because he's been true. he was active till he got hurt. Yeah. Um, I have to look at the draft. This, and this and the thing is, is, a great question, Judd. How many guys did they draft? Too it was like seventeen guys That's or something. The thing is, we get so caught up with oh man, Rick Spielman went to the store and he came home with all of this stuff, and it's like, and now we have to throw most of it out. Well, it does speak to. Chip. I know there's. Uh, Part of that is Zimmer telling Spillman, I'm not relying on rookies Correct. after last year, and I want veterans on defense. Um, but nine is, holy cow. Uh, that's, that's, that is, uh, that's staggering. That is that is last by a mile. Yes, right? not even close. 40, 
46 was the for, second lowest. For Seattle. So it's not even close. It's yeah, not it, even close. Wow. Well, obviously that'll change once you get Darisaw up to speed and he'll he'll you know become an every down guy, I would think. Um but, but I mean we thought other than that, that we yeah. thought Wyatt Davis Woo-hoo. was gonna start. We thought that, you know, these guys that some of them, not all of them, might get on the field. Well, we didn't think defense when when he signed all his veterans, there was no, no right. of a veteran. Yeah. All right, let's go through the draft class. Christian Darisaw hurt, might play on Sunday, which to your point would change that drastically. Uh, Kellen Mond in the second no. round, uh, third round pick. This was a weird one. The 15th pick of the third round, former college quarterback turned linebacker, Chaz Surratt. Uh, so he wasn't going to play cause he's not prepared no. to play. He's not even close no. to being prepared to play. Wyatt Davis, an- another third rounder and their third, third round pick, Patrick Jones, the second defensive end from Pitt who I heard good things about me too. Yeah. In the camps. And I think he's if I'm not mistaken. I think he's been inactive for all four games so far. Yeah. Um, the fourth round picks were Kanae Nuangu, the really quick running back who's running been back, activated yeah. now. He's uh, back, who, right? Yeah. Who I actually like. He's the type of guy I think the Chiefs would perfect. Like he, he'd have a role yeah. there. Uh, defensive back Cameron Bynum. He's played some snaps. I think he's okay. one of the guys. Um, defensive end, Janarius Robinson, Amir Smith-Marset, Zach Davidson, and Jalen Twyman, who, who I think the defensive tackle, I think he got shot and he's been on, on a reserve list. But anyway, but the point yeah. is nine snaps from rookies, Chip. That is, that's, that's bad. That's just flat out bad. Well, go back to last year. I remember asking Zimmer after one of the games where they played, I think it was something like eight rookies. And I remember asking him, I was like, I don't remember ever eight rookies playing in a game, you know? And he's like, well, you. We normally don't have that many in a draft class, you know, so it's 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 done a 180. And I think Zimmer just said, forget the young guys. I'm going to experience now. Again, this was not their plan with Darisol. They're, they expected him and probably right. White Davis to be in there. So, but the injuries skewed that. But, man, nine after four games, nine snaps. But, I mean, and nobody and, – and the thing about it is it can't just be your first-round pick. Well, our first-round no, pick, yeah, he I was know. hurt, so you don't understand. You have to cut us some slack. Yeah, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are fifth from last, and they are they returned everybody, and they have found a way to get more than 100 snaps from rookies. I, yeah, I just it's, and that's on Rick like that. I, I'm not well, going to blame Mike for that one. That's on the GM. Yeah, and that's Zimmer has mentioned a couple times personnel. Oh in, yeah, in, in oh. answers. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, there's a disconnect there. There's no question in my mind. There yeah. is a there is a wide disconnect. And it feels yeah. like they rotate on picks like, okay, this pick's for this year, but next pick's for me for, you know, 2025. <laughs> your turn, my turn, your turn, yep. my turn. <laughs> exactly right. All right, last thing. In fact, you know what? Before we get to that, though, oh, my goodness, oh how could I forget? My favorite part my... of the week. Oh, it's my favorite part of the week, too, because this is what I know is, I'll bring it up slowly, it's in the Scoggins refrigerator. I know it is. It is. Surly Furious IPA. They, they not only sponsor this show, Chip Scoggins. But when it comes to Purple Access, they sponsor it. They, they're behind it. They're the presenting sponsor. Surly Brewing, we wouldn't be here today without them. And that means that you should pick one up. And heck, it's just great beer. In fact, you know what, Chip Scoggins, I'm going to turn it to you to tell me your experience with Surly and Surly Furious in particular. I love it. Not only do they sponsor this show, they sponsor my evenings. So that's when I'm at home watching some sports. I like the tall ones. 
that's the four pack with the tall ones. Oh, oh yeah. So I uh, that's uh, that is my go to beer. I love it. Uh, it's my favorite IPA, and there's always some in my refrigerator. That's because Chip doesn't settle; he gets surly. All right, predictions, thoughts on Sunday. The the Lions' offensive lines in shambles. The Lions yeah. are zero and four. They're in shambles. It sounds like um, a tight end TJ Hawkinson has a knee. He might not play. Uh, Panay Sewell's been moved to left tackle to replace Tyler Decker, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Taylor Decker. Taylor but Decker. it sounds like it sounds like Sewell's now battling an ankle problem. We don't know if he's going to play. Um, get well game for the yeah. Vikings. My question is, how how well do they get? In your opinion, I think I think they get well, and I think it's big. I just think I, I think Detroit's beat up and not very good, and just they're the Lions. So I, I could see it being a. 10, 12 point win for the Vikings. I think they, I think they roll and do it pretty easily. Jacqueline Goff. I, I think it's here. unfortunately going to be a, a closer game than we want it to be. Yeah, they should kick. They should kick. They should kick their butts. They absolutely should. Uh, but I do think it's going to end up being kind of a trappy game, and the Vikings win. But I, I'm going to stick to my write that down prediction. That's less than seven, but by seven points or less. I think it's going to be within a touchdown. I think it's just going to be uncomfortably close because that's how it goes with this team. I'm going. I'm going ten points or more because this is a Vikings get well special. Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. and Zim are going to band together to show you naysayers <laughs> that you never should have <laughs> doubted them. And and I think the Lions are just a mess. I mean, I think Dan Campbell means well, and I think his team plays hard right now. But I don't buy that that guy is a professional coach. I just don't. <laughs> Strikes me as a college coach, not a professional coach. So. All right, boys. Chipper, we'll talk to you Purple Access next week. Appreciate it as always. See you at the game on Sunday. Uh, Once again, Purple Access, part of the Purple Daily brand, uh, presented by Surly Brewing and also our friends at TCL. Enjoy more with TCL. We'll talk to you next week.